Good morning. Welcome to the Some Days Today podcast. This is the podcast where we encourage you to do what you can to live your best life right now, as opposed to waiting um, decades down the line to enjoy your life. My name is Bola Dina. I am your host, and let's get started. So as a quick intro, um, you guys will notice, especially if you've listened to the past two episodes, that um, it's just myself here today. Um, this actually harkens back to when I first started this podcast, which is basically two months ago. And the first four episodes were really just to me um, kind of just um, exploring my thoughts, sharing with you all where I am in my life um, on this journey to become more independent, um, not only in terms of my thinking, but also what I do, how I get paid, how I move. Um, so it's been an interesting journey and I've heard, I've learned some things along the way. Um, so today, given Mac is not able to join us, um, actually, so, so let me take a step back. We were supposed to do the third episode, um, the third installation of our trip to Europe. We'd done a recap of Portugal, a recap of Greece, and today we were going to do a recap of Italy, where everything sort of came to a head. And um, for one reason or the other, we're not able to do that installation today. So I thought to myself, do I just push this podcast to another day when Matt can join, or should I just go ahead and try to see if I can knock one out? Um, on my way to dropping Amy off at school this morning, I put on the Oprah podcast. What is the name of it again? It's Oprah Super Soul Sunday podcast. I listened to it. I used to listen to it quite diligently and um, frequently um, at the start of the year. But for one reason or the other, I haven't been as um, as diligent in my listening. So um, it'd been a while, but I was driving there. I was feeling a bit weird with the start of the day in general, and I needed a, a, a bit of a pick-me-upper. So decided to put the podcast um, on, and the episode that I landed on is the one with Bob Iger, The Ride of a Lifetime. Now, listening to Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, um, if I just can just go off on a tangent real quickly here, is like a prayer for me. There's some things that our souls and spirit resonates with. And for whatever reason, it's this podcast. She does a good job of having guests on her show who are introspective, who are doing their best to um, live their best life. And for me personally, it's a it's a podcast that resonates with me, especially given where I am right now. And anytime I'm feeling sort of low down, maybe a bit confused, out of sorts, um, I, I, I know that when I put it on, the universe will somehow channel to me the message that I'm supposed to get at that very moment. So this morning, part of the reason I was feeling um, sort of out of sorts is because um, Mac and I had a back and forth about our current living situation. So for some of you who are close friends, um, you all know that the kids and I, as well as Mac, have been living out of a hotel for the past two weeks. Uh, there's a reason why that is. So um, no need to be alarmed. All is well. We still have our house. And I can get into 
the details of um, why we found ourselves living out of a hotel. Um, but I, I, I think, let me just say, it's part of the plan of us being uh, more spontaneous, maybe less spontaneous, but more open to what the universe has to offer, you know, just being attentive to what the universe is saying in terms of the next steps that we should be taking and not being so intent on hanging on to the decisions that we've made. So essentially, you know, we have a house, our children are in school, we both have jobs. Well, he has a job. I'm looking for ways to make money outside of working. So um, so when the idea came to me that, you know, in order to switch things up, particularly given some of the goals that we want and the experiences that we want to have um, next year, um, we had to move some things around. Um, to me, I wholly embraced it. Um, it was just something that seemed to be the natural next step for us as we start to position ourselves into a space of openness and expansion in our lives. So, um, you know, we decided to move into a hotel. Now, Mac is a wonderful human being, husband, partner, father. So I don't think I give him enough credit when it comes to his ability to hang with my shenanigans. <laughs> and I'm realizing that my makeup is possibly different from a lot of people, and possibly not, I'm not sure. And I guess that's what we need to explore on this episode as I sort of think out loud. But what I know is my ability to pick up, go quit a job if I'm not happy with it, move to another city, is a lot like I have a lot more tolerance for that than I think most people. And perhaps I don't appreciate that enough. And the fact that Mac has been on this journey with me, every two, three years, I'll have a wild idea about what needs to be done. And I'll sort of bulldoze my way into trying to get it done. And Mac, for the most part, will just say, okay, well, if that's what you want to do, that's your vision. Um, obviously, he has his visions and the things that, you know, I support as well. But for the most part, he has been very supportive of my extreme ideas. Um, but I say that to say that we woke up this morning and, you know, there was a bit of a tiff around, you know, why are we doing this? You know, why are we living in this hotel? This is so ridiculous. And I think I sort of doubled down. And as opposed to taking a step back to appreciate that even though we have a goal and th th there's a reason behind why we're doing this, um, it may make more sense to me or I may be more willing to um, fall in line and embrace it. Or maybe my makeup um, is better able to absorb it um, than others. So, so my lesson was that I needed to be more understanding and figure out a way to um, exist in this world of trying to live my best life while understanding that people have their own paths. And sometimes, you know, when you're in a relationship, there are times that you need to give and not necessarily continue to push full steam ahead um, if the relationship is going to continue. So, so that was one lesson. Um, and I say all that to say that essentially is the reason why Mac is not here. He got upset and um, 
was not in the mood to do a podcast um, episode with me today, which is fine. Um, but I did still want to move ahead. And in listening to um, the episode of um, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, I um, put turn on the episode um, in which she interviewed Bob Iger. And I believe he's the CEO and president of um, ABC and the Disney Studios or Disney Empire. So apparently he just wrote a book. It's called The Right of a Lifetime. And Oprah was interviewing him about his life. In this book, he basically details his lives, the journey that he's taken, and how he's been able to um, be successful. And according to Oprah, I don't know much about Bob Iger. I'm sure there are folks who are listening to this who think it's an abomination. But for the most part, I, I don't really know anything about him or what he's done. I am curious, though, after this interview to not only pick up the book, but to learn more about him and his life. Um, however, apparently he is uh, uh, known in the industry as a, a renowned leader. Um, he's a business genius and has a bunch of associations with, um, you know, world leaders and other bu- business geniuses. So um, he's apparently someone to know. So <laughs> good to know. I'll um, look more into him. However, the interview was um, interesting because I want to say about two or three minutes into it, he talked about why he wrote the book and um, in the prologue, he said um, the book was for anyone who wants to be less fearful, more confident in themselves in creating the life they want. And this book is meant to help them navigate um, their professional and personal lives in realizing how to make those two things the best that they can be. So right away, I felt like this was the universe's way of reminding me that for the most part, the reason why a lot of us choose to stay in the situations that we're in, choose to not explore alternatives, choose to see something being offered to us and not having any real reason to not take it other than the fact that we're comfortable where we are, the reason for all of those things is fear. And what he said about six minutes into this podcast is something that completely resonated with me. And that was, he doesn't believe that he either has the fear gene or or maybe there's little of it um, in his makeup for whatever reason. And that could be as a result of nature, nurture, who knows? And it dawned on me that I think that's the case with me. So so why that's interesting is because, you know, when I juxtapose that against the conversation that I had with Mac earlier this morning about, you know, what are we doing? This is what we this is what we've decided to do. Let's continue to move forward. And I have no trepidation whatsoever about it. There are folks who look at the world in different ways. And, you know, I, I'm not saying that Mac is particularly fearful, but it's just, you know, there's a different lens that he may be approaching it that I'm not seeing that's um, causing him to take pause, um, particularly when it has to do with the children. Mac is very um, tuned into the children and the sort of experiences that we're putting them through. Whereas for me, um, not that I'm not tuned into it, but for me, I think how I rationalize some of the things that um, I do or some of the decisions that I make is by saying that it's a good learning opportunity for them. And 
I, I think both sides are true. So that's going to be um, interesting to see how I can um, pay homage to that throughout this journey. Um, and number one, understanding that it's important to not live your life based on fear. So to explore that further before I jump into the other side, for me, I think f- we all understand that we're born. We're going to do whatever we do in the middle. And at the end of the day, we're going to die. That's it. And the quality of experience that we have is going to be determined by the number of yeses from my perspective that we make. Um, I've said some time ago that I believe the magic of life, the magic of living is in the yes. So someone comes to you and says, hey, we should go to D.C. today. I could say no or I could say yes. <laughs> and who knows what's waiting for me on the other side if I was to say yes. Most of us, for whatever reason, are wired to maintain the status quo, to say no. And, you know, I know this probably predates back to our ancestors and the fact that they had to, you know, be safe and who knows what's waiting out there. So, you know, for the most part, you have to be cautious about the things that you're opting into. But part of the reason why this why our civilization has evolved as much as it has is because of our the curiosity that we have about what's out there. Even if we recognize that there's danger to it, um, the only way for us to evolve and grow is for us to be curious about you know, what the possibilities could be. And it's not enough to be curious. You actually then have to take the steps to explore it. And to me, that's where yes comes in. So I feel like it is my responsibility to not only model this idea of saying yes to my children so that they understand that in order for you to live a life that is expansive that is beyond your wildest imagination that a a life in which you're not taking from society what you should or should not do so another segue (laughs) um i'm going to be quoting myself a lot today apparently so something else that i've always said is you know i think um the word should is probably one of the wor- most dangerous words in, in, in our lives. I, I think at any time we start thinking, oh, this is what I should do, this is what I should not do, people expect me to do this because you know I'm in this position and this is what it means, et cetera. Anytime should comes into play, I think you should take a, a step back and just think, what does this mean? And what if I actually explored the opposite side of the should? What could this mean for me without, and can you explore it without being completely irresponsible? So I guess that's the other side of um, what I'll talk about um, later. But ultimately, the point is, I think fear really holds us back from a lot of things. And from my perspective, I want to live a life that is beyond my wildest dreams, a life that is curated by me and lived in a way that makes me happy every time that I wake up. And the only way to do that from my perspective is to live without fear. There's so many things that are put in place to keep our society intact. 
it would be very difficult to have a civilization where everyone is just off doing their own things. So it makes sense. And, and I think just by nature, we're designed to fall in line. Um, but then the reason why a lot of people have stories of being on their deathbed and not having much to show for their lives is because they have told the lines for the most part. And the idea, because we understand the potential that we all have as human beings, we know that we can be as great as Oprah, um, Steve Jobs, or Obama. We, we know that this potential is in all of us. But for the most part, because we're so fearful, we're not willing to make the day-to-day decisions, take the steps that others are willing to, to make and take. So we ultimately um, end up living very small lives, knowing at the back of our mind that you know we could be doing so much more. So for me, um, I think I've bought into the notion of you know just toe the line, do what you're supposed to do. Success will come over time, and this is what success means. So I've also bought into other people's ideas of success, and success, you know, for the most part, was defined by you know you have a big house, you have a good car, your children are successful, and voila, you should be happy. But for me, you know, that's never been enough. That's never been what I aspired to, and what I want. Or what I knew I wanted was to be able to wake up and to live in a way that was beyond what I experienced yesterday, you know, continuing to push the boundaries on how I explore. So I think that I think over time, I've sort of dealt with this fear. So I, I don't think I'll go as far as Bob Iger in saying that I don't have any fear or that I wasn't born with a fear gene, but I think I've dealt with it and I've put it in its place to the point where I've realized, and I read a book, you know, it's called The Big Magic. So perhaps, you know, some of the books that I've read or the various um, things that I've been exposed to uh, more recently have just sort of helped me process fear and understand that anytime you're getting ready to do something, particularly if it's going to be great, life-changing, interesting, exciting, um, fear is going to be there because now you're emotionally involved. Now you're putting your your um, energy resources, you're putting an idea out there that your ego wants to actually come to fruition. But at the same time, you're, you're, you're trying to guard yourself and set yourself up for how to handle the disappointment that's likely to come if this thing were not to um, be fulfilled. So ultimately, I think because you have those two things tugging at you, you want to do something, you're invested in it. Ideally, it would be great if you could do it. But then your mind starts to tell you, well, what if it doesn't? work. So ultimately, you start buying into it. And I think that's where a lot of people stop. A lot of people have dreams and ideas, but and maybe even some, you know, take the first step, the second step, but then the minute they're met with any resistance, they pull back and say, yep, see, it wasn't meant for me. If only things were different from for people like me. Um, when in reality, fear is a necessary part of life. You know, the, the fear is not anything that is, um, filled with insight in any way. I think someone else said it in another book that I read. Um, I, I, I think the art of of creativity, I'll have to find it and I can put it in the notes. But, um, but someone said, you know, fear is not filled with any insight. A lot of us will wake up and say, you know, yeah, I'm supposed to go to DC, but there's, there's something that's making me feel as if, um, you know, I shouldn't go. So 
that must be my higher self providing some sort of insight that I need to listen to. Or you're about to start a new project and you get all this, um, um, you start to feel all this weird trepidation around, well, what if nobody buys the books? What if... um, what if I'm not able to complete the book because I'm not really an author? Like you start to have all these ideas. And for some reason, we actually think this is our higher self talking to us when in reality, that's just your ego that's out of control, like trying to keep you from actually stepping out and doing something. So I think I've also um, over the past few years understood that that's always going to be there. The, the constant chatter, talking you down, reminding you that you are inadequate and that you should never do anything and you should just stay put doing um, what you're meant to do, which is to remain small. So for me, I think I have a responsibility to help my children understand at a very early age that fear is never anything that they should um, bowed down to in any way that that should not rule your life, your thinking, how you approach anything um, pertaining to you and what you want to do, especially when it has to do with your destiny. Um, you should understand that fear will always be there. It has its place. You should acknowledge it for what it is. And if anything, it should fuel you and remind you that you're on the right path. So if you're going to take on a new project or you're going to take on expanding yourself in a in an artistic way, something different than what you've um, ever done, or you're going to explore a new relationship, and you start to feel fearful of rejection, failure, etc. You should lean more into that space, understanding that you know something magical is about to happen, and the reason why you know the the fear or the or the chatter of doubt is so loud in your mind is because if you're actually able to make this work, it would be so amazing. Because the bigger the the reward is, the bigger the magic is, or the, 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 the more magical the space you're about to step into is, the bigger and louder the chatter of doubt and fear is. So you should recognize that and use it to really feel you to help you get into that space. And it's only through um, constant sort of constant opting into the space of yes. It's only through that path that you're able to incrementally um, move the needle on your life, um, especially when you're looking to make it as magical as possible. Every day, in order for you to have a magical life at the end of your life, you have to create as many magical moments on a daily basis as possible. So you should be waking up every day looking for opportunities to create magic. And in order for that to happen, you have to um, stamp down fear as much as possible. And it's something that you're going to continuously encounter. You're going to continuously have to deal with it. But the more you, I think what's amazing, at least from my experience, what's what's amazing about, you know, this whole process of battling fear and fighting it and trying to put it in this place is the earlier and the more often you tackle that very thing that fear tells you not to, the better you get at overcoming it. So um, let's say you have an idea 
and you've never stepped out on your own before, you've never done anything on your own, the amount of fear you're going to have around it because you don't have anything else to pull from in terms of narratives of success to counter the fear narrative because you don't have anything. The fear and the narrative of failure and not being successful is going to be so loud. But let's say you push through and you get over the hump and you're actually successful. Now you have a case um, against the fear um, narrative next time. So next time you want to do something and you're still going to be fearful and the narrative is still going to be just as strong and compelling. But now you have something on the other side to really start to counter that narrative and weigh it down. And, and I think it's our responsibilities as human beings and particularly as parents to um, build up the the yes bank, the success bank as much as possible um, so that you can counter that narrative much easier as um, you start to move um, towards wanting to um, explore your life in you know these magical ways as, um, as much as possible. So the more yeses and the more you push through, the easier I feel it becomes and um, to push through and not necessarily give in to fear and the the more quiet, the, the the fear narrative becomes. That's not to say that it goes away forever, but now you have, um, you know, suite of um, narratives that you can use to counter um, why this is a terrible idea. And I think another reason why it's good to push through and give in is because um, resiliency is such an important thing. Um, if we're going to be as great as we want to be. We have to learn to be resilient. The only way to be resilient is for you to bounce back after failure. And the only way for you to get the opportunity to bounce back is to actually fail. So let's say, um, once again, you have the fear narrative, you push through, and um, as opposed to being successful, you actually fail. You know, now you get the opportunity to start building your resiliency. So either way, from my perspective, um, and perhaps that's really what makes it easier for me to kind of push through and um, make the decisions that I've been making is because I feel like either way, you're going to win. Um, it's a benefit for you. Um, you're either going to um, bank the ability to show yourself that you can be successful or you're going to be tested in a way that, you know, you have to show yourself that you can bounce back. Um, but either way, it's a win for you because it sets you up um, next time for a better situation. So I say all that to say, um, I think part of the reason as, uh, you know, as I continue on this um, journey and I'm talking to as many people as I can within my um, circle to just go ahead and do it. Um, I think today was a reminder that, yes, not everyone is um, at a place where they can just um, throw caution to the wind and just jump into whatever it is that they um, that that I'm trying to do. Um, so I need to be more sensitive to that. But ultimately, I still think too many of us are too comfortable with fear and the possibility of failure and the idea of what we should be doing, that we're not really building up um, the resiliency that we need to enter into the space of yes, which is where the magic truly lies when you want to live a fulfilling life. So, so that's one part. And I just wanted to quickly talk about um, why perhaps it's good to take pause um, when 
um, you really want to completely throw caution to the wind. So like I said, um, I think after the conversation with Mac this morning, I realized that, you know, we all have our own paths and we're going to live the lives that we design um, and we're designing these lives by the number of yeses that we step into. That's just a given. A parent cannot do too much to influ- influence the lives of their children. Ultimately, these children are going to decide for themselves um, how to start to occupy the spaces of yes for themselves. Even if I dragged my children to a trip um, that I think would be beneficial to them, if they're not coming from a space of curiosity, openness, and all of that, it will completely miss them. So ultimately, you know, we're living our lives um, in a very specific individual way, um, and it's unique to ourselves. And the only thing that I think will allow for us to coexist is to honor that we all have our own journeys. So as much as I would want every member of my family to be on the same page with me at every single time, I'm sure they would want every member of their family, including myself, to be on the same page with them. Like we all have the games that we're playing. We're we're all seeing the world from our very own perspective. Um, So I, I think we need to be understanding of that. So I guess then the question is, how do you balance throwing caution to the wind with wanting to create magic with everyone, or at least your idea of magic with everyone in your life. And I think ultimately what I'm realizing is we have to be open and willing to let people live. And part of redefining what it means to live is understanding that there are different ways to get to the same end goal. So the lesson for me is not necessarily that I need to slow down. Well, I may need to slow down. Um, the, less, the lesson is not necessarily that I need to stop, stop looking to push forward um, to explore or, uh, or completely bring to a halt this, this journey that I'm on. I think the lesson is trying to figure out different ways to get to the same thing. So if if members of my families don't want to live in a hotel because it's way too disruptive to them, then they shouldn't have to. And I think I have been selfish in sort of pushing a specific journey, a specific path without necessarily considering, you know, because in my mind, I kept thinking, y'all will thank me later. Yep. Hashtag thank me later. And I think what I'm realizing is, you know, um, know, that's a very dangerous perspective. And and I think I need to do a better job of slowing down to understand, you know, what some of the concerns and trepidations and, you know, um, issues holding them back or, you know, and I don't want to do me versus them because that's not the point here. But I'm just saying what I'm realizing and as you're looking to live the life of your dreams, you're going to be met with a lot of resistance in various shapes and form. And part of the resistance is going to come from people who are right there with you, want to live the life that um, you want to live and you all are creating this together. But sometimes, 
you know, they, they need a different process to get to the yes. And I think you have to be willing to engage in identifying what that different process is. Um, so for instance, I, I think in this example, it could have been, you know, what other ways could we have avoided um, the abruptness of moving into a hotel? And how else could we have sort of explored getting to the same angle that we were looking to arrive at um, with everyone feeling comfortable with the process? So um, so that's um, what I've learned today. And um, we'll see how this plays out. But ultimately, I think I, I just want to report that I am having a great time <laughs> with the journey that I'm on. I think life is pretty just amazing when you lean into it and, and you start to push it to see how far you can push it. It's amazing the things that you discover along the way. So it's been interesting. And um, my apologies that, you know, I feel like this particular episode was probably similar to the first one in that I sort of meandered. But, you know, apologies for that, because what I planned on talking about is not ultimately um, what I ended up talking about today. But I think the main takeaways, <laughs> you know, if I were to wrap it up, the takeaways are, number one, y'all do yourself a favor and just listen to Oprah, Oprah's um, Super Soul Sunday. I think she has so many gems. Like I said, it's a prayer. And for those who are not particularly gifted at praying, you know, me being number one, um, it's a way to just remind myself of, um, you know, just how massive the universe is and how different people are exploring the world. And I'm able to take a page out of their lives. I'm able to draw insights from, um, you know, from how they're living and the gems that they're providing in the podcast. So I think it's a great podcast to listen to. But if not, the other takeaway then is, you know, just think about fear and the role that fear plays in your life. It's not to say that, you know, we all need to be jumping off a building and not obey the necessary role that fear needs to play, particularly when it comes to keeping us alive, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think just take a moment and think back to, you know, how big or small your life is. What are the risks that you're taking or that you've passed on? And what role does fear play in that? And how do you want to change that? How do you want to start to fill up the the narrative of success so that you can start to counter fear and that and you can start diminishing the role that it plays in your life. So that's another big one. And I think lastly, you know, it's just so important for us to model the behaviors and the the values that we want our children to have. I think it's important for us to model it for them. And the sooner we start to do it, I think the better. It's like they say, you know, if you start saving at a very young age, the compounded interest just just by the the principle and the nature of how compounding works, the the, the interest in the amount of um, that, like how big that money will grow to, is on um, is, is like you can't beat it. You you cannot. It, the minute you lose time, you know t today saving today is always going to be better than starting to save tomorrow, just because of the nature of how compounding interest works. And I think it's the same with um, the things that we do and model for our children. If you 
want your children to be less fearful, um, the sooner you start demonstrating that for them and showing them that you can fail and still be successful. You can give in to fear and um, and still win. Or, or even if you actually do fail, you can still learn some lessons from it. Like the more they um, are around that process and see it play out, the, the, the cycle of risks, you know, they see it play out over and over. I think the easier it's going to be for them to actually um, step into that space um, when they are left to be in charge of their own lives. And um, in America, for the most part, that's 18. So there's a lot that needs to be done between um, the time you know, when, when they're first born and they're given to us in 18. And that's not a long time to influence them and, them and impact them in such a way. So, um, so yeah, I hope that makes sense and um, that resonates with you all. With that, I will sign off today. Um, thank you for listening. And this is another episode of Some Days Today, the podcast where we encourage you to live your life like it's a vacation. Until next time.